Hello, and welcome to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. In this weekly podcast, you'll be inspired and equipped through the power of God's Word to live an overcoming life. And now for this week's message. (laughs) Thank you very much. And thank you for that spontaneous response of rising up. Um, I think you had some help there. It is a privilege to be here in this great nation of Canada. Uh, I live in the U.S. now, but um, it's sure good to be back. Uh, I'm from the L.A. area for the last number of years, and the air down there is pretty, pretty smoggy. And I'm, so I'm really struggling with being up here in Vancouver because I have a hard time trusting air I can't see. And so... Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm just struggling. The air is just so amazing. And, you know, down in L.A., the birds cough. <laughs> you know, they, there's, it, and so it's just good to, be, good to be in this awesome, awesome uh, display of God's glory. Amen. Here in uh, Vancouver, I went down, uh, took a walk early this morning and headed down to the uh, water there and, uh, and saw something that I guess I'll just share with you really quickly, a zip car. Uh, some of you have probably used a zip Do you have any zip car people here? That have, okay, there we have a zip car. We have some zip car folks. And um, I was exposed to a man, um, that sounds weird. I was, uh, <laughs> wow, wow, sorry about that. Uh, okay, let's begin again. <laughs> that really was, yeah, okay. Uh, thank God for editing. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And so, um, but a man, I was in an Apple store in San Francisco. He says, I don't even own a car anymore. I just, I just rent a car for 15-minute increments. And I guess it's kind of like zip car. It might even be zip car because it's only 15 minutes. But um, you, you can rent a car for an hour or something like that. And, you know, I, I do this thing called Give God 12, or you can go online and check it out if you want, givegod12.com. It's where we challenge young people to give God 12 minutes a day. Um, 12 minutes a day is not a long time, but I'll tell you, it'll put vertebrae in your day. It'll align your day. Whenever I give God time early, it vertebrae's the rest of my day because he redeems it. Whenever I give him time, things line up. It's awesome. And so I do this thing called Give God 12, and, we've, and I do a little two-minute video of, of, of how my time is in the Word of God on a daily basis. And, and uh, so I did a video this morning called Zip Jesus. And uh, the whole thought behind it is simply this. Zip car makes it really easy for people to have a car for 15 minutes or an hour or a day or whatever it may be. And of course, we don't want people to have Jesus for 15 minutes. We want people to have Jesus for the rest of their lives. But our goal is to make Jesus easy to receive, so to speak. Uh, scripture for that would simply be, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. And the word became zip car. That's the thought there. So for those of you that uh, want to be zip Jesus kind of people, where you make Jesus just accessible to people. Let's be those kind of people, amen, that everywhere you go in this Vancouver area, that you are just a zip line for God, that people can find Jesus because they met you. Come on, how many know if it wasn't for the Christians, this thing would be very appealing? (laughs) Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? 
The problem with it is people meet us before they meet Jesus, and that kind of derails things sometimes. <laughs> and so I encourage you, do not be a, a downgrade of who Jesus is, but be, a, be a, an example of who Jesus is. And I just love being a, um, a, a bomb for Christ, like, like a, 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 just a, an explosion for God. And wherever I go, whether it's a Starbucks or on an airplane, and I love witnessing on airplanes because nobody can leave. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a captive audience. And I usually get the aisle seat and I make it really hard for them to get out. So they usually sit there and I share Jesus. And I tell them the op- other option's a downer. So they usually stay with me. And I'm not joking. I mean, I, this is what I do. And I get paid for get standing in front of crowds, so to speak. That, I'm a vocational minister. But frankly, my faith is much more relational than it is vocational. And it must stay that way because I want to be everything I need to be for people in the culture I'm in. Amen? And I know you do too. So I said a lot there, and we haven't even started our message yet, which means I have to really boogie here for us to get down on time. But how many know it doesn't have to be everlasting to be eternal? That was a joke. (laughs) Okay, I sensed that there was a heaviness like, oh, that is a word from God. (laughs) And it was, but it, okay. So um, I want you to enjoy these next few minutes because if I'm not having fun, you won't be having fun. That's just my style of communication. I am a response-oriented communicator. Some preachers, unless they're mad, God is not using them. For me, it's just the other way. If I'm not glad, God's not using me. How many want me to be happy in the next few minutes? Amen? Because you'll get more of me, the right me, not the contained me, but the real me, if you'll just let me be me. And I know you're going to. Check out the title of this message today. Are you ready? When you see it on the screen, I want you to say it. Okay, let's take a look right now. It's coming. I can feel it. That was fun because I saw it there. I want y'all to go. That was really cool, that fade, man. I almost felt there was a levitation moment going on there. I thought I was going into the heavens. But I want y'all to just say these words with me, if you would. I want y'all to go hidden in the house. But when you say house, put a little bit of what's up on it, okay? Put a little attitude on it. So you're going to go hidden in the house, okay? Everybody work with me. And for those of you that are struggling with me being here, I'm visiting. Hallelujah. Okay? I won't be here next weekend. Okay, so help me. I want you all to go hidden in the house. And feel free to get your hands involved too because if you get your hands involved, the anointing will fall. <laughs> kind of, that's, that's true kind of in a, in a principled form because you need to show up. Don't just come, show up. You know, 120 people changed the world in an upper room. Because they all showed up. Just because you're here doesn't mean you showed up. So let's all go hidden in the house and put a little attitude on it. Are you ready? Everybody, hidden in the house. Amen, amen. I'm having fun. Let's continue. I grew up in church, and I'm still like this. I'm not even supposed to be happy. I grew up in church. I grew up in church. People often say when they grow up in church, it was a negative experience. It's kind of like they grew up with a severe drug problem. Their parents drug them to church, and they have this negative about God and church. That's not my experience. I grew up in a church 
that celebrated, not tolerated being in God's presence. And it was powerful, and I thank God for it. Amen? Let's tell the Lord we love His house. Thank you, Jesus. So, I don't like calling this place church negative because church is a great word, by the way. It just has a bad rap in culture. If you tell people you're going to church, they'll go back a bit. But if you say, hey, why don't you come to the house? (laughs) They'll say, what's that? And you'll say, it's where God is. And you'll have the spirit of David. King David out of the Old Testament who got away with a lot because he had a New Testament attitude. That's a whole other sermon right there. Just how David was able to get away with so much with God because he just had a grace-filled approach to his relationship with the Lord. And God honored that. But David said it this way, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David called it the house. Solomon built a temple that was absolutely unbelievable and magnificent. Moses had a tabernacle. Guess what David had? A tent. That's what, it was a tent. And guess what God's coming back to restore? The tent. Not the Solomonic temple. Not the the tent of David. Because David had a one-on-one relationship with Almighty God. So I declare that this is a, a house. The house of the Lord. If you've got young people, and of course, I love young lives. As you can tell, my passion is reaching young people before they need to be rescued. Catching them at 12 so we don't have to rescue them at 21. We live in a 21 mentality culture. We live in a Greek-minded culture. We need a little bit of Hebrew help in Canada. Because the Hebrews are all about getting them by 12. They really are. The Hebrew thought says, let's reach them by 12. The Greek thought says, ah, let them screw up till they're 21. I'm not, I'm not joking, it's true. The more advanced a culture, the longer it takes to grow up. That's why we have people walking the streets, 27, still living at home. Come on, free rent, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> people don't grow up fast here. We've added years to our lives, but not at the end, in the middle. called universal adolescence, extended adolescence. We, we live longer, younger. It's time to grow with upeth. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that this morning, the 12, not 21 anointing. And I speak it on those with kids. How many here have children or grandchildren 12 and under? Raise your hand. Yes, yes. And we just heard one of them right there. Yes, we heard little arrow. That's a very on top of it child. She, ah, me. Did you hear that? That was awesome. Check out this scripture, Psalms chapter 127, verses 3, 4, and 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. This is Father's Day month. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. If this would be read in Canadianese, it might go like this. Behold, children are a hassle from the Lord. I'm just taking a swipe at Canadianese. Please don't go there. I I don't mean that. But I will say this. There is a fight, you know, in our culture, the culture wars. Do you know that 95, please don't be offended or condemned, 95% of all abortions are motivated by convenience. But God doesn't call them a hassle. He calls them a heritage. 
And if you're in this room and you've been through that, please understand there's no condemnation. You're going to see that child again. That child's with Jesus. But God doesn't call him a hassle. He calls him a heretic. And any church that would call them a hassle is one generation from closing its doors. So can I speak over Coastal Church? That this house will be a house that considers them a heritage, and I know you already do. I was with Chris, your children's pastor. The church has made an investment in leadership, in Landry, and those that serve the younger generation. Thank God an investment has been made at Coastal Church for the arrows of our world. Because according to the scripture, arrows are the children, the adults are the warriors. I mean, no, they even look like arrows. They're nice and thin and trim. The rest of us look like bows. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just, it comes with time, okay? I want you to know that if God is going to aim arrows, he needs warriors that pay a price to form those arrows and have those arrows. And can I speak a word picture over moms and dads right now? Watch this. How does an arrow hit its target? It hits its target when it gets closer to the warrior's heart before it leaves it. And I declare over every home represented here that your children, grandchildren, whatever it may be, that they will get closer to you before they get further from you. So that when they leave home, there will be a connect with you so that they don't fall off the edge of the bow when they leave. I declare it in the name of Jesus. Man, I, I just feel like there's some of you that need to do that right now, just physically. You just need to go like that just to prove that you're childlike in your heart. Who are you? Let's all do it together. One, two, three. Poof. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you are going, well, why did I do that? Well, you did it because physical expression can have spiritual consequence. Some are saying, where's that in the Bible? Well, the prophet who had a king come to him, and the king said, king, or the, pro- king, the prophet, the prophet, yeah, the prophet, the king, whatever. These two guys were together. <laughs> These two guys were together, and the king came and said to the dying prophet, he says, I have a war to win. What should I do? The prophet said, hit your arrows on the ground. And so the king hit the arrow on the ground. Then he hit the arrow on the ground. And about the third time, he says, this is childish. And he kind of hit it again. And the prophet says, well, there you go, sir. You'll win three times. If you would have kept hitting, you would have annihilated the enemy. Sometimes childlike physical expression has powerful eternal results in Jesus' name. You see, childish is temporary. Childlike is terminal. Childish is temporary. Childlike, I hope you never get over it. Childlike is your entrance into the kingdom. Childish is a season. Childlike is terminal. Check this scripture out. Now we're going to get into three things and we're done. I am bald. Okay, let's continue. (laughs) I mean, some of you even had a vision right there because just the reflection of that, that was bad. (laughs) And you know, I only started doing this about a week ago. Before that, I let it grow that much. And one of my friends says, bro, you're gray. Just annihilate it. And so I says, okay. 
So I shave now every morning on my head to get rid of the gray. This is a personal moment. Sorry about that. But <laughs> Let's check this out. When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, how many know this is why we don't read the Bible? <laughs> because the scripture's like this one. When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal errors. But Jehosheba, I'm going to explain this in a minute, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being murdered. Now, before we go to the next slide, what's going on here is this is the daughter of Jezebel, which is why this is happening in the first place. She's not doing good. And uh, she's killing the kids. Check out the next verse. And they hid him. One of the children escaped. And they hid him and his nurse in the bedroom from Athaliah so that he was not killed. Now, the next phrase, I just want you to say it with me with a little bit of cadence. We're going to go, so he was hidden with her in the house. Are you ready? So he was hidden with her in the house. I did not even need to come up with this sermon title. It's embedded right in Scripture. This child was hidden in the house of the Lord for six years while Athaliah reigned over the land. Thank God for T-ball. And thank God for hockey. But the greatest house of protection for your kids is the house of the Lord. Thank God for organized sports. They start before they even come out of the womb these days. Have you noticed? Organized sports are everywhere. But people have a problem with organized religion, but no problem with organized sports. I don't quite understand that. That's another sermon. (laughs) They hid this kid in the house of the Lord. I want to speak three words over Coastal Church. This, first of all, is God's anointed house of protection against a pessimism that reigns in the land today. On the other side of that exit sign is a foyer and then a street. And it's a beautiful street. And Vancouver is a beautiful city. But there is a ruler over this land called the enemy who has been given time until Jesus comes. There is a spirit of darkness in our world today. Thank God there's a house in town. And it's God's anointed house. Like that young man right there. How old are you, young man? Oh, come on, somebody. He's 12. (laughs) I planted him. Just kidding, just kidding. We got a thing going on. You're 12, young man. And you're in the house. Amen, bro. What's your name? Connor. Well, I declare over Connor that you are in the house of protection, bro. This is God's anointed house of protection for your generation. Now, I want you to know, Connor, that you're 12, but so was Jesus at one point in his life for a whole year. (laughs) Do you know that God dwelt among us in the form of Jesus? How it happened was an angel came to a lady named Mary. You all know the story. It's a great story. This angel shows up to this 14-year-old around that age, scholars say. This angel comes and says to Mary, you're going to have a baby and he is the son of God. Now, that's paraphrased, but that's basically what the angel said. 
And Mary, in the slogan of a very familiar shoe company, said, just do it. (laughs) Now, how many know she should have thought about it for a second? Like, how do you raise God? The Bible says she marveled often. Can you blame her? You're raising the Son of God. He comes home late from school. Mary says, you're late. He says, no, I'm not. He's right. (laughs) He goes around the house singing, this is the day that I have made. It's total intimidation. (laughs) We read about him when he's a baby, and then we read about him when he's an adult. There's only one story. Everyone say one story. One story. There's only one story about God when he was Connor's age, and it's when he was 12. Thank God we don't read about Jesus when he was 13. Thank God we don't read about God as a teenager. We read about him just before he became a, in our words in English language, a teenager. The Bible says they went to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when the days were ended, the boy Jesus lingered there. Come on, how many know this is a miracle for a 12-year-old? <laughs> to be lingering in the land of ADD. How many know it is a miracle for a 12-year-old to be lingering in the house? Mom and dad didn't know it. They literally left town without him. They got to the Motel 6 that night. And you don't have Motel 6s in Canada, so this won't make sense. But they left the light on. That's one of their bylines. They leave the light on for you at Motel 6. (laughs) Mother Mary walks into a room with the light left on. She looks at Joseph and she says, we've got the light left on, but where is the light of light and king of... Where's Jesus? Joseph said, I thought he was with you. Mary says, oh, I thought he was with you. Mary gets on her face. Oh, God... We've lost God. Oh, God. Almighty God, help us find God, we pray. There's only one of them. Oh, he's special. Help us find God. Day one, no son. Day two, no son. Day three, she's thinking milk carton. We're going to find... We have lost... We have lost God. And then she has what I call a heavy revy. And she says to herself, you know, ever since we had that kid, he's been just a little different. Did you catch that? Ever since we had that kid, he's been just a little different. How many want your kids to be just a little different? Not dorky different. Have you ever met those kind of Christians? I'm a Christian. Do you want to be one too? I'm not talking dorky different. I'm talking righteous edge. Different. I want you to prophesy over your kids right now. I want you all to say with me, if you would, my kids are going to be just a little different. (laughs) And you got to do the head thing. Or God won't think you're here. Are you ready? Everybody. My kids are going to be just a little different. Good, 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 good. We do these things called the J12 Encounter. It's a 90-minute multimedia ministry impartation event. We've done over 400 of them all over the world. And in that event, I talk about being just a little different in God's glory for kids. And you know what? We love the just a little different moment, and kids own it. We did one in Tulsa years ago, and 
A couple months later, I was in Tulsa going into a Walmart. And as I'm going into Walmart, a girl was coming out, a little 12-year-old girl right around that age. And she says, you're the J-12 guy. And she says, and I'm just a little different. And she did it right there in the Walmart parking lot months after we had been there. And I said, yes, she caught it. She caught the spirit of being just a little different. And some of you are going to go home and you're going to own that. You're going to go home and you're going to find yourself doing it going, I can't believe I'm doing this. (laughs) But it's spirit. And it is life. Mother Mary walks into the temple. They've lost him for three days. He's 12 years old. He's blowing away religious leaders with his wisdom and understanding at the age of 12, not 21. 12 through 21 is the greatest decade of regret in Canadian culture. In Western culture. The greatest decade of regret would be 12 through 21. I believe it's supposed to be a decade of destiny. I speak it in the name of Jesus. I speak it on Coastal Church. I declare that the DNA of 12 not 21 falls on this atmosphere and on your homes. See, I found God when I was six. I went back to my dinky toys. Because we all do. That's fine. But when I was 12, I was filled with the Spirit. At 14, I turned my bedroom into a Bible college. When I was 14, I spent two hours a day with God every day when I was 14. That's why I'm like this. (laughs) It'll mess you up in a good way. And you know what? That anointing is on this message and on this moment because I get to be with you today. Watch this. This is so cool. Mother Mary walks in. She's not happy. She's thinking, why did I ever say yes to that angel? If I wouldn't have said yes to that angel 12 years ago, I wouldn't be chasing God through Jerusalem. But there he is. Son, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Do you want to hear the first recorded words of your Savior in the Bible? Here they are. And I don't suggest you use them on your mother. (laughs) Unless you're God. (laughs) And you're not. He looked at his mother and he says, why do you seek me? You get in the Winnebago, you little brat. It's been, th- it's been three days of search and rescue, and when we find you, you're like, what are we looking for? We're looking for you, bro, because you are our son, and for all we know, you're suing us for parent abuse right now. How do we know? And then he said seven words that became the passion of his life, and we take those seven words and explode the meaning of them through books, curriculums, J-12 local church models all over the place. And here's what he said. I must be about my father's business. I looked up must in Greek. It means must. (laughs) Sure beats should. Should is religion negative. Must is relationship. We have t-shirts that we sell. They just say, I must on them. We've sold thousands of them to young people and young adults, parents, parents who go work out in them and their friends say, I must what? And what what, what do witnesses answer? Questions? I must be about it, my father's business. 
And people are like, what do you mean? And they get to share the seven words Jesus spoke at 12. Which brings me to the second thing, and now we're winding down, that this house is. This isn't just a house of protection because we're not nervous and we're not building a fort till Jesus comes. This is a house of prophecy. Because when Jesus said, I must be about my father's business at 12, Connor, that when Jesus said that at 12, that he was prophesying into his future. And I want you to know, every time we come into Coastal Church, we're supposed to feel the future, not be reminded of the past. Every time we come into this place, we feel a prophetic momentum because our God is a prophetic God, not a pathetic God. He gave us a prophetic book, the Bible. How do I know the Bible's prophetic? Well, the whole first half is about the second half. Isn't that cool? Come on, how many are pumped that the first half is really a great, big, wonderful promise about the second half? And what is the last book about? Forever. You serve a God who loves to prophesy things as though they be, as as they not, as so they would be. Some are saying, well, okay, this is a house of prophecy, but I'm not a prophet. I guess I don't fit. To be a prophet is a governmental calling given to some. To prophesy is a New Testament privilege given to every believer. And some would say, well, what does it mean to prophesy? It means to comfort, encourage, and edify. And I just want to say something over Connor right now. Connor, I know you'll never come again and sit this close. You're like, I thought I was safe. I was off to the side, three rows back, and this bald guy comes and just targets me. (laughs) Connor, I'm going to say something over you right now, buddy. I don't even know you in the natural, but I don't need to to say these words. I'm going to prophesy over you right now. Here we go. Connor, you will never return to the Lord because you're never leaving. Nah, 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 nah. Now, now, now some of you are saying, well, what gives you the right to say that? Again, I'm visiting. Number two... (laughs) It's amazing what you can get away with. And I'm obviously joking. Because here's the truth. I found God early, Connor, and I've never left him. And because of that, when I say those words, they have authority and they have weight. And so, Connor, just because you came today, it's going to be harder to get away from Jesus because I just prophesy. Comfort, encouragement, and edification. And you know what, Connor? I declare your bedroom will become a Bible college. Is that your brother beside you? God bless you, bro. You're the older brother. And I declare leadership, authority, power on your life. Mom and dad, warriors, arrows, I declare blessing. On Father's Month, the month of June. Some are saying, man, what, what are we doing right now? We're prophesying. I'll be done within about eight minutes here. Whenever there's a prophetic atmosphere, it can be flaky. Because people can get off and start saying things that aren't really prophet, prophetic, they're just pathetic. 
That can happen. So we need to be aware and be grounded. Because I've discovered something about God. He speaks and then he splits. He never hangs around when he gives instructions or gives a promise of something before you go to heaven on earth. God will say something and then he leaves you with what you heard when you can't see what he's doing. Personal story, and I'm getting real personal. I run the risk of being too personal too soon, but let me just say this. When I was 14, God told me, spoke to me, that I wouldn't get married till later in life. And so I didn't get married till 40. And it was because God told me at 14, you're not going to get married right away. He did not tell me it would be 40. (laughs) He was much smarter than that. He just said, not right away. And I've discovered something about the word of the Lord. It's always the end, not the means. It's the end, not the means. You have to trust him with the means and hold on to what you heard will be the end. And how many have also discovered the shortest distance between two points always seems to be under construction. (laughs) Life is a bunch of orange cones. When God told me I wouldn't get married right away, I went up and told my mother. I says, Mom, I'm not getting married right away. She says, you're doggone right you're not getting married right away. You're a 14-year-old. I says, Mom, it's not going to happen when it usually happens for people, for me. I don't know what that meant. Maybe it was the hell in my home. Maybe it was the fact that my parents divorced two years later. I don't know why. I just know he told me that. And so I lived on assignment from 14 on. And I kept myself for my wife. Why did I keep myself? Because of what he said when I couldn't see what he was doing. So I'm 28 and single, 29 and single, 30, desperate, single, 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 31, 32, 33, up for crucifixion, single, 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 34, 34, 35, and single, speaking at all the singles conferences because I was a living, breathing example of all of them. 37 and single, 38 and single. This really happened. With this, we almost closed. Look what happened. I'm in church on a Wednesday night, worshiping the Lord, thanking him for what he said. (laughs) When I couldn't see what he was doing. But I stayed happy instead of accusatory. I didn't say, what are you doing? I just said, thank you for what you've said. And I was worshiping the Lord with one eye open. Come on, somebody. As I surveyed the wondrous crowd, and I'm not joking, it was a Wednesday night. And I saw a beautiful girl worshiping the Lord on the other side of the auditorium. And so I began to worship her. Hallelujah. 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 What's her number? You know, I just was... Because I knew the Lord knew her number because he knows everything. And so he downloaded 10 digits into my brain. Just kidding, just kidding. But, but the spirit of the hunt came on me and I followed her out of the church. That is a male gift from God. The spirit, men are meant to pursue, women are meant to respond. And that's just a broad comment that's true. And so I, I followed her out of the church. My first words were, people here know me. That was important. Um, and then I said this, and it was an anointed pickup line. I said, I said, 
I love the way you worship. And she said, thank you. And I went, yes. We were married 15 months later, and I got married to a beautiful woman. We've been married now for 13 years, and we have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and I'm 54. Let's pray. For me. Would would you lay hands on me? Somebody lay hands on this head. Because I have a four-year-old daughter named Gabrielle Buttercup Johnson and a son named Judah Rockland Johnson, and I love my kids, and I thank God for my arrows. And it's just like God to put that particular calling on me that it would be later in life for me because of my call to youth, which is called shelf life, because when you're 54 with a two-year-old, it means you will be 64 with a 12-year-old. And for me, that's exactly how God wanted it. For me. Everyone has three kinds of obedience. Particular obedience, pointed obedience, when you obey them now or you miss the moment, and principled obedience, which means be nice. Be a nice person. Have the fruit of the Spirit. That's principled obedience. Don't pray about, should I love today, God? What's your will? No, no, no. The will is love, love, just love. Is your will that I would have joy today? No, no, have, have joy, have joy. But where you should live or how you should manage or who you should, yeah, you can ask God. Those are particulars. Those are important. So I declare over you, in conclusion, this is God's anointed house of protection, house of prophecy, and here's the last one. It, it, it's a P, perseverance. Because we live with what God said when we can't see what he's doing. You know, that's why that song swept the earth. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the king. And as I go towards the end of the song, for nothing compares. Can anybody help me finish that? To the promise I have in you. The promise. The promise. When's Jesus coming back? Soon. He's been milking that for 2,000 years. (laughs) Which means that soon is not chronological as much as it is anticipational or attitudinal. He's coming soon. No matter when he's coming. He's coming soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. We hope that today's message has inspired you to live a life fully devoted to following Christ. Be sure to check out our website for other ways to watch, listen, or share this message. For more information, go to coastalchurch.org.